Hi, my name's Shelley Flett. Welcome to the Dynamic Leader Podcast, where I share insights, experiences, successes, and failures with leaders from across a broad range of industries and business structures. I maintain that each of us needs to be open to sharing our experiences and making the leadership playground safe enough to fail, to grow, to have fun, and ultimately become more dynamic. So please sit back and enjoy. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another Dynamic Leader Conversation. So today's conversation is about the ability to say no. Uh, It's a conversation that I'm just having with you, just me and you. Um, We have no guests today, so um, really just wanting to go a little bit deeper on some of the issues that I am working with leaders on at the moment in the workplace. Um, One of the things that I'm hearing a lot of is um, we're so busy and I'm just working all of the time and I'm doing long hours and I'm feeling quite exhausted and I'm feeling quite overwhelmed and I'm not seeing any end to this. And so I've been really curious to understand what are the drivers behind this? Because we have been going faster and getting busier for the last probably two decades. And so there's not really anything that new in this space. Uh, I think that during COVID, there was really a ramp up to make change happen really quickly. And we had to adapt and move everything from face to face to online and virtual. Um, And I think that might've created some bad habits that have continued on over the last couple of years. And I think it's got to the point now where people are just so exhausted with the amount that is still coming through and it's, it was never sustainable and I don't think it was supposed to, but there is this inability for some people to say no to things. And I think with good reason, I think that saying no has historically been, um, I think there's an assumption that has, that, you know, has been made in the past. And I think this was true for a lot that if you were to say no to things um, and resist anything or to push back, that you were sort of labeled as change resistant, or maybe you weren't serious about your career. And I know a lot of people who are really serious about their career, who really want to and need to say no to things, but are too scared of doing it because of what that might mean. And I think it's about time we face the reality that if we don't start to say no to things, we won't actually be the talent um, that people are looking for to elevate us in our career. So either we learn to say no and we start to manage expectations around what's achievable and what's not and the reality of that, or we keep going at this ridiculously fast pace and we burn out or we we just resign to become resigned to what is and we become less effective. Whether we're burnt out or less effective, we're not the talent that organizations are looking to promote and progress. So for those who are really focused on career development, um, I think it's important for us to just be realistic about like, where does this end? And I think what we're doing is we're waiting for someone to stop it for us. 
Um, and I see this with people who don't like to have the awkward or the challenging conversations that we are expecting that someone is going to notice what is going on with us and they're going to help us to solve the problem. But we're not needing to have the conversation directly um, because that would be really uncomfortable and we don't want to upset anyone and we don't want to damage relationships. And so um, I think there's a lot of leaders out there who are just sitting back and waiting. Uh, And they're sitting back and waiting, thinking that it's someone else's responsibility. And yet they're taking on things that are not their responsibility. So they're taking on things that are not their responsibility. They're they're not having conversations about things that are their responsibility. And it's creating, um, you know, this pressure cooker environment. Recently, I had um, a really good friend of mine talk about um, being overwhelmed. And um, it was a really interesting conversation. It wasn't the first conversation of this type, but um, it it was a really... um, made a few things quite clear to me. Uh, she had said, you know, I'd planned, um, I'd planned to go um, leave work early this afternoon. Um, she's looking to buy a house. Um, and so she had this viewing planned. She had her whole week planned out. She start, you know, she was a really early riser. She was at work between 6.30 and 7 o'clock um, in the morning and then she'd work through until 3 or 4 o'clock. So she was well and truly doing her hours. Uh, And it got to, uh, I think it was three o'clock in the afternoon on this day, she was going to look at this um, property and she received an email and then a call about something that was urgent and it needed to be fixed straight away. And um, it had become an emergency. And what she said is, I had my whole week planned. I got everything that I was supposed to do done. I prioritized, I worked on all of the things that I needed to. I did longer hours early in the week so that I could take this afternoon off um, and just disconnect and and look at this property and, you know, look after myself and gets this piece of work, uh, you know, on the 11th hour. And what she said was they've known about this problem for weeks and they did nothing. They sat on it until this afternoon and suddenly it has to be done by this evening and that it's got to be escalated and we need to do whatever it takes. And she actually used the words um, and there were some expletives in it, which I'll refrain, (laughs) refrain from sharing, but she pretty much said, why should their lack of planning or their inability to prioritize their inability to manage time become my emergency and why do they keep doing this? Because this is not the first time they've done it. They constantly do things and um, or sit on things and leave it to the last minute and then they come to me or they break something uh, and they haven't consulted and they haven't engaged me early enough and so they bring their problems to me and it's like they just don't give a shit. And so she was a little bit, for someone who was, you know, or is really loyal and such an advocate and so excited about the possibility and supporting an organization and a really well-known brand to, you know, um, excel and, and be really good at what they do, she was thinking, why should I bother? And maybe, maybe I shouldn't care because they don't seem to give a shit. So maybe I just need to not care. 
so much about what I do. And I hear this a bit is, do I need to just not care so much in order to push back on things or not take responsibility? And I think, I think sometimes for some people that's part of it, but I think that you can care as well as manage expectations. And so the, the thing that I said to my friend was, why would they give a shit? Why would they plan their time better? Because they don't need to. If they've got an emergency and they come to you, yeah, you might get a little bit shitty and be a little bit upset with them about it, but you get it done. They get the result and you are none the wiser. You're no better off for that. So often um, these problems would get solved and they would take the credit. And so there wasn't even any um, you know, reference to the work that my friend was doing. And so you feel a little bit taken advantage of and you feel a little bit um, bruised or unappreciated, I think is the word. And while it's annoying at the time, it then doesn't stop you from doing the same thing over again. So you get over it and you move on and then you wait until the next emergency comes up. And so if you're listening to this and you are finding that you have people who are making their emergency or their poor planning your emergency, uh, you may not say no to it in the moment. It may be a bit of a phased approach, but the first thing we have to do when someone is making their emergency your emergency because they haven't planned things right or they haven't engaged or they haven't done their due diligence or whatever it is, then there has to be a conversation after the fact. And don't get me wrong, I know that there's times where there are true emergencies and it's not anyone's fault, but that's the exception. And if that's happening so often, it definitely means there's lack of planning somewhere. There's lack of strategizing, there's there's things that are happening um, that are at a systemic level that are causing all this reactivity because we we live in yes, a changing environment, but things don't change that quickly that we can't anticipate what's to come. So a lot of it is down to, um, you know, are we actually planning our time? Are we considering what's going to be required of us, but um, not just us, the people around us, the stakeholders and the business partners and all of the people who are going to be helping to deliver the work? Are we thinking about their time requirements and what's going to be needed? Or do we just assume that as long as I manage my time, uh, it doesn't matter what happens to anyone else. They they just need to deal with it. Um, and so we've got to start having the conversation at some point. So you might have the conversation after the fact. You might say, hey, um, can we catch up and, and debrief? And I think project teams do this really, really well. They do retro or retro, retrospective um, sessions where they'll look back at change that's been made fast and they'll say what worked, what didn't work, what do we need to learn from this how can we do things differently next time? And the idea is that you continuously improve over time, but that you can push change through quite quickly. So they work well for the most part. But if you're a leader in an operations environment, it's rare that you have a retrospective conversation where things have gone wrong, that and not even gone wrong, where you have stopped things from going wrong, where you have saved it, because it might not um, be worthy enough for that conversation. And so my suggestion is to have that conversation yourself, to set it up and have a discussion around what happened. How did it get to the stage where it was only coming to you 
in the last stages, what is it that you can do to um, support them earlier on? So that might be, you know, maybe we've got to catch up once a month so you can let me know what's coming through and what's happening. Maybe we've got to learn a little bit more about what each other does and how, um, you know, my time works and what you can expect if you do come to me last minute. And so it starts with having an initial conversation around what is it that I need to support you effectively? What is it that I also need to do my own job effectively? And so this kind of ties back into a conversation, um, the podcast that I did a few months back on, you know, um, setting boundaries and managing expectations is why does my role exist in the organization? What does success look like in this role um, across the organization? And then how do I manage expectations around that? So if I've got three key priorities um, and something comes in, then the question is, well, we've got the capacity to deliver on the three key priorities. If you're wanting this to come in and take over, which one would you like to take over? Which one would you like to stop or press pause on? If you're not managing expectations around that and you're just saying, yeah, look, I'll see what I can do or, um, yeah, I'll make that happen. Then what is, what is, what are you compromising in order to do that? Perhaps you've got a little bit of capacity in your, um, in your role and that's fine. So you might say yes to those things, but perhaps that capacity was being put aside for development of people or it was um, being put aside to work on things that might have been longer term or might be part of next year's strategy. Um, and so it's being able to look at when things are coming in, when you're saying yes to things, what is the trade-off? What are you actually saying no to? If you're saying yes to this, what are you saying no to? Um, and so it's the, you know, in in flip, I think in flipping that is if you're saying no to this, what are you saying yes to? Uh, and so being really clear on where you're spending your time. What's interesting about other people's lack of planning becoming your emergency is often the emergency has nothing to do with your role or what success in your role looks like. And so you get involved in something, it takes up a whole lot of time, it takes up even more energy and then you don't have the energy to deliver on the things that you should be deliver on, delivering on. And so if we're not having conversations about this, what is the performance conversation at the end of the year look like? Is, okay, Shelley, um, show us what you actually delivered this year. Show us how your performance matched the expectation of this role. And that's what we're needing to um, demonstrate effectiveness across is, did I actually deliver on what this role was set up to deliver? Because if I didn't deliver on what this role was set up to deliver, either I'm in the wrong role, the role needs to be updated, or I'm I'm not paying attention to what it is that I'm focusing on. And rather than focusing on the things that are important for the longer term, I'm reacting to situations that are good for the short term and not necessarily even me while someone else gets to deliver or succeed or, you know, um, avoid a disaster because they've relied on you or they've been too heavily relying on you. And so it's just not fair. <laughs> if we look at it from a fairness perspective, it's why do we do this to ourselves? Um, and so a lot of the time it is we're too worried about the um, – what it will do for, to our brand. Sometimes it is, I don't want to, I don't want to, um, you know, 
damage the relationship. Sometimes it is, I don't want the organization to, um, to fail or to be put in, in the spotlight, depending on what it is. Uh, and so I'm not saying, say no to things straight out. When someone has an emergency that they need your help with, it's not about saying no. It is about having the conversation after the fact. And if you notice that it's a pattern that continues to repeat, there might be a point in time where you say no and you let things fall over. And I say this with such um, fragility. (laughs) This does not mean you let big things fall over. Um, This does not mean you let a whole organization suffer from something that is happening, you might decide to say no on the smaller things where the impact is only internal or the damage is is quite minimal and that it's something that you can bounce back from. But you want to manage those expectations around that as early and as frequently as you can. This is not something we've spoken about this before. This is not something that I can support you with right now. You haven't given me enough notice. You are going to need to communicate and manage expectations around the fact that this is not going to be delivered. And um, and just continue to have the conversation. And it might not be, you know, that straightforward. It might be, come on, mate, like this has happened before and what's happened and What's the reason this continues to happen and what is it that's going to change? So, you know, you might still do it, but there might be some tougher conversations or harsher accountability conversations. But at some point you have to be willing to say, no, that's it. I'm done. We've spoken about this before. I've set expectations. We've had conversations. You've known about this. Um, What is it that you're wanting? You know, what, what are you expecting? Um, and I want us to succeed, but I can't do this alone. And what part are you going to play in it? And so just, you know, just having those conversations and whether it's the conversation with your, with a a peer, with a direct report, with a stakeholder, um, or with a manager, it, it shouldn't matter as long as you can demonstrate that what you're doing is good for all not good for just a few. And I think we've got to get to the stage where we're doing what's good for all. And if that means that we've got to start resetting expectations right through to the top. So we're seeing, you know, CEOs who are continuing to say yes to things and pushing it down and pushing it down. And there's nothing coming back up to say, hey, you've got to stop because we don't have the budget to put any more people on. And what you're saying that you're wanting is getting in the way of the key priorities or the key things that you're wanting to deliver this year. So what do you want to do? And can we, can we stem the flow? Can we turn the tap off? Can we, can we close it down for a little while? So the conversations aren't going back up. Um, There's this sense that if my manager tells me to do something, I have to just do it. And I can tell you from, being a, a leader myself, um, you know, at one point was I'm going to keep throwing things down to my team until they tell me to stop. I was really clear about that when I was in leadership is I I am not going to stop giving you things until you tell me, Shelley, I'm at capacity. And when you say you're at capacity, I'm going to go, what are you working on? How effective are you being? What's the opportunity here? And then, and it was only at that point that I'll go, okay, cool. That's it. We'll say no to this. Or when I said 
yes, conditionally that I would take things on, I would go and check with my team. And if my team couldn't do it, then I'd, I'd go back to my manager and I would have those conversations. So if you're a leader who isn't having the conversations with your leader, you've got to start. If you're pushing it down onto your people, know that that is not sustainable. And at some point something will give and you don't want it to, you know, to be your people that give because they'll leave or they'll go on leave or they'll get sick or um, they'll tap out and they just won't deliver on the things that they're saying they will. Um, And so it's being aware of, you know, what's the longer term impact of not having conversations with my leader. Um, And so equally be careful of what you're pushing down onto your people and encourage them to tell you no. Encourage them to challenge the, well, what's the trade-off? If I'm saying yes to this, what would you like me to say no to? Um, if you're um, you know, a CEO or someone in a senior leader role and you haven't had anyone push back on stuff, then it's likely that they're probably taking on too much and it's worth a conversation. It's worth just looking in and exploring. I think um, being able to just pause and have those conversations, the sooner you can have the conversations, the easier it gets. And if you can have the conversations from the very beginning, okay, you're wanting me to do this. Absolutely. I can take a look at that. For what purpose are we doing it? It's one of my favorite questions for what purpose. Uh, And also um, what is it that you would like me to press pause on? Because we're at capacity at the moment. These are all the things that we're focusing on. Have the priorities changed? What would you like to do? If it is uh, stakeholders or business partners that are not engaging us, then how can we make sure that we're working together effectively and that I can support you in the best way possible that doesn't result in me having to do longer hours to sacrifice the things that are going on in my personal life in order to get things done that could have been done within working hours if we'd better prepared and planned for those So hopefully this conversation kind of helps. Um, It's, you know, one of those um, resources that we've created is our feedback book. And we've talked a little bit about that on the podcast and we'll continue to talk more about that. But it is how do I start to have conversations around um, giving people feedback and things that are working and things that might not be working. So, um, you know, if you're you're wanting another resource, the feedback book is a resource. Uh, But of course, I coach a lot of leaders around this. So I help them to kind of have the conversations with themselves first and reconcile what it is that they want and what they would like and what they need. Um, And then, uh, you know, start to put it out there and easing softly into it. You don't have to go, some people could um, go straight into those conversations, but those of you where it feels a little bit weird, a little bit awkward, just ease into it. Just start to kind of have those exploratory conversations. Um, And of course, I'm always here to help. So if you need support from a a coaching perspective, then please reach out. Uh, But I hope this conversation has been helpful um, to you all. And I look forward to another Dynamic Leader conversation with you soon. Thanks. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Dynamic Leader. There is no better time than now to work through your leadership and people strategy, to establish what the future might look like for your business and how you might empower your people to help you succeed. It is through building the capability of your people and reducing their dependency on you that will keep you moving forward at pace and will see you remaining relevant in the future. I have worked with over 100 businesses across almost as many industries and seen firsthand the challenges that come with employing, engaging and managing staff. 
If you're looking to improve how you lead, why not reach out for a conversation? In the meantime, thanks so much for joining me and stay